Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. This is Mary Peterson, the host of the podcast, and I serve as the housing specialist for Heartbeat International as well as the facilitator of the National Maternity Housing Coalition. I have the joy of welcoming Stephen Wallace, who's the chair of said coalition, uh, with us today to talk about this data initiative that we've been doing. So he's going to describe it in detail and walk us through the project, but Stephen, we're really grateful for you taking time to be with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, sure. Happy to be here, Mary. So I am the executive director of the Gabriel Network, um, which serves women and children in uh, Maryland and D.C., uh, including through maternity housing. Um, I also serve along with you as the chairman of the Leadership Council of the National Maternity Housing Coalition. So we're sort of analogous to, uh, to the board of that coalition, and I've been serving as the chairman since June. We're lucky to have you. You bring natural uh, leadership expertise kind and of you. a legal mind and just a clear thinker. So. Um, our coalition is stronger because of you, so thank you for, for your service there. So you've really yeah. been spearheading this project here, this data thing that we've been doing, and I know some people kind of roll their eyes as soon as we start talking about evaluation or statistics or data. I mean, this is kind of like the big groan, collective groan, but um, but we know this is really important, right? <laughs> so can you just talk to us maybe in general about why this project has developed and why it's um, exciting and interesting? Yeah. You know, data, it's all kind of how you think about it, right? If when you hear data, you think of your worst tech support situation and blue screens of death and uh, sort of minute, tedious efforts that don't really help you accomplish anything important, then uh, yeah, those are all sort of grown-worthy events. But lots of things that we that we really like about data that help us to solve problems and see solutions that we didn't see before to recognize needs that we haven't been meeting because we just didn't recognize that they were there. And one of the big things that data can do is help people who are really focused in a smaller geographic area to see how their efforts uh, impact the whole, right? How their efforts are part of something big and national and it's making a difference in um, not just their area, but uh, all across the country and uh, internationally as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll push back a little bit on, on all the negative data feelings to, to see that this thing can be good and can be part of uh, seeing the joy and the collective impact of what we're doing. And I think it really fits the National Maternity Housing Coalition, which has benefited from your participation in leadership for so long. That's really how I got involved um, was saying, oh, man, Mary Peterson's in this. Got to be part of that. So the the coalition has put out white papers on standards of practice, host or shepherding homes, staffing models. That was really helpful for us as we were changing our model a few years ago. Um, I know we're working on one on addiction right now, and all of these are part of the coalition's work to promote excellence. We don't want to just be good. We want maternity housing to be excellent in how we're serving the Lord and how we're serving the women and children that come to us for care. So this is just one more in a in a line of areas where maternity homes can gather together to make everybody better. That's how I like to see the data aggregation project. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know, you know, one of my maybe top 10 questions that I'm asked is about kind of the big picture numbers, right? People want to understand how many homes are there, how many women can we, can homes serve, how many beds do we have as a movement, those type of things. So those, I get those type of questions a lot in my role. So, and I know this conversation about how do we answer those questions and how do we get better answering those questions has been taking place for a long time. 
I don't know if you could speak to kind of how we got to this point where we're actually putting the message out that we're collecting data and, and kind of talk a bit about, about that dimension. Yeah, it's been a while before I joined the, uh, the Coalition Leadership Council two years ago. I know the conversation had been going forward. Um, some real leaders, Chris Bell out of Good Council Homes and Gloria from um, Our Ladies Inn, you know, in Missouri, uh, have been two people amongst others who were really drawn by those questions that, that you just mentioned, right? Okay, we're, there's 400 homes. We're, we got a good number about that. We know that there's about a quarter of them, 100 affiliated locations in the coalition. But all right, how many how many women and children are we serving together? Are we serving a thousand? You know, every day, are we serving 10,000 every day? How many nights of housing are we providing? And that's just, you know, the most basic kind of question. You know, think of what we could do with those numbers to help people understand the need that's out there. You know, one of the questions we're asking on the tool is, is all of the unmet housing that we're seeing, all the unmet housing needs that our homes don't have capacity to fill, or people are asking for housing who maybe don't fit our service model exactly. But, you know, that's a need that we're seeing, you know, that people can start responding to, but they can't respond if they don't know that it's there. So your question was, was really not about that. It was really about how we got started on that. So I no, that's great. Those, no, that's great. Yeah, those questions, you got to keep me on track here, Mary, just to start wandering, <laughs> to start wandering around. Well, <laughs> it reminded me, actually, you know, that, that some of the questions that, you know, they seem like they'd be pretty straightforward, but we had to then define, well, okay, some programs use nights of shelter and some programs use number of beds, and that really we tried to incorporate a lot of different perspectives and voices and homes and surveys that, you know, we did a bunch of kind of legwork to really try and understand what even questions to ask and what would help us most simply, but also with the most depth you know, get to the heart of some of these things that we want to know. So I know over the years, it's been, we've been kind of working toward this for a couple of years, that a lot of different voices have been incorporated, but you and the team that you pulled together are really able to push us into action mode on this. In terms of my involvement, we talked about a couple of different kinds of problems from a big picture perspective. You know, one of them was, okay, what kind of data do we want? right? What kind of questions do we want to answer? That's always the thing you want to come back to when you're trying to collect data is what questions are you trying to answer? What questions are you trying to answer? And that'll tell you what kind of data to collect. Like you were saying, there's a lot of different service models and we want them all in the coalition. They're all part of this work. But how do we account for that if one model is serving up until pregnancy, or if one model is serving a number of um, a mother with multiple children? or a mother and the child, you know, six months after the birth, two years after the birth, people count nights of housing different ways. People have different focuses on what they're trying to accomplish while the women are in the home, you know, different serving models of staffing and, uh, and those kinds of things. So there was a long period of discussion about, you know, should we build a software or web-based client data program to kind of handle the day-to-day data of service, right? Because that would give us the most granular level of information, trying to track each interaction that staff has with the client. And we, we quickly, well, I guess actually not that quickly. It took us like eight months. But uh, in retrospect, it seems quickly. We came to a crossroads on that, that that's something that programs need to a greater or lesser extent, you know, based on a particular program and their priorities. Programs need to collect, 
track client data from like a case management perspective, if I can put it that way. But the needs are going to be so varied that coming up with a one-size-fits-all tool that would fit in our budget and also that we could have confidence that would be useful, you know, with the lack of data that we have right now cuts both ways on that. You know, it demonstrates the need, but it also means you're kind of operating blind on how interested folks are going to be in a particular form of product, and that's not a good thing if you're going to have to invest a lot of capital. So there was the, you know, case management level, and there was the big picture aggregate data level. And we settled on the big picture level as being the place where we could bid for the most homes the fastest. And then once we had really gathered some background data and gotten people on board with what this could do, then, you know, maybe we come back to a case management question later on if that need is still unfilled. But the data aggregation one is one that we could do now and do well, and so that's what we're focusing on. There are a couple other maybe next steps or maybe, you know, future iterations that are impacted by this that, that have come up in the conversation. So you mentioned maybe the need for a type, some type of case management software and looking for solutions around that. There's also maybe this kind of the possibility of some type of research study involving a social science type of person that can show the impact that way too. So it's, it's similar to what we're doing, but it uses the social science tools to be able to talk about the impact of housing. Do you want to say anything about that component? Yeah, I mean, any of the social scientists that are listening to our podcast today, <laughs> give us a call. We're, give uh, us a call. We're looking for you. I hope you're looking for us. You know, we are, uh, none of us are statisticians. Um, that's a particular discipline that has its own language and competence to uh, be able to extrapolate data into you know, more objective and repeatable forms, you know, give you some confidence replicating it in in different places. That's good. We would love to do that. We think it would be a real asset if we could take our data or, you know, modify what we're doing now to make it usable for a statistician to use to help us um, improve. We've uh, gone forward with what we can do now, and we think that the effort that we put together is going to be a good starting point for our goals to understand at a big picture level, you know, what is the movement, the housing movement doing? How is it helping? Who is it serving and, and how many? And just start to answer some of those scope questions. And then we'll uh, we'll go from there. This is certainly not the end of this tool. This is just start. Another iteration that we've talked about as, as part of this is being able to better internally sort by some fields, right, to just know what homes serve minors, what homes serve adults, what homes welcome women for, you know, up to two years, those type of things. So starting to look at some of those type of questions and build our database out a little bit so that some of those things are more easily at our fingertips. So the survey also starts to poke at that type of question as well, that we can at least build out our database so that we can better understand the homes within our network. Yeah, you're, you're dead on there on that, Mary. You know, communication is a habit like, like everything else. And the more we, as a coalition of homes, get used to sharing this kind of information amongst ourselves and valuing it, the more we're going to do it. And like you can you can pretty easily see if we had 50 homes giving us this information on a regular basis, right? We'd be able to start slicing that up and saying, okay, these homes are serving the same kind of population 
with the same kind of size and the same kind of staffing model and the same kind of budget, like that's a lot of things to have in common. Maybe those groups can start talking to each other more because they're likely to be encountering the same kinds of challenges on a regular basis. They can share um, resources that, you know, maybe if they're a big place, Maybe um, sharing manuals or training materials from a smaller place uh, won't be as helpful and vice versa. But that's information that we don't have right now and can get if folks can rally up and and start getting involved in this. Definitely going to help everybody who's involved. And the more people who are involved, the more everyone will be served by it. Let's get into the nitty gritty. If people want to be involved, if they're they're inspired by this discussion and they want to, they want their program to kind of be a part of it and uh, share their data. What does that look like? What's expected? What's the process like? Can you speak to the nitty gritty a little bit? Yeah. Well, there's some fun stuff already out of the data. Um, which, We've collected from 16 homes. Um, I finally got my data in yesterday for 2018. So we've got 16 uh, organizations who's got their data involved. And you can see, like, just with those 16, there's already been over 25,000 nights of service represented just with those homes. That's an amazing kind of special number, right? And just to have 16 that are already there, 225 women, um, I think like 230 some children who have been served there. And this is just, you know, a small part of of what we know is out there. So the possibility is just to understand how we fit, what our place is in providing service nationally. There's a lot of really good things out there, good possibilities from entering into this effort together. Now you had some service kinds of things. What have you liked about this, Mary? You know, I think to me it answers the need of what people want to know. You know, especially our startup communities wants to have a sense. They want to be able to make the case to donors about why is maternity housing important, not just startups, but all of, all of us, we know, want to be able to make the case about what's happening and why it's important work, um, and, and this allows us to do that. To me, that's the big picture. And on micro level, I guess, I think the group really worked to try and hone in and make the questions, the surveys, as tight as possible. So as tight as possible to keep them as simple as possible while still getting us the information. You know, I know we asked for historical data as kind of a starting place, 2018 data, kind of looking backwards. And now we're starting to collect monthly data on 2019, which goes just a little bit deeper so that we can start to make, you know, have, understand the, the nitty-gritty of, of who we're serving. So fundamentally, there's kind of three there's a historical look, there's a monthly look, and then we'll ask kind of organizational level just to understand kind of the, how you're the program model of different organizations. So there's kind of three different surveys that are a part of the process. I really applaud you for tightening those up. You know, my, my inclination is, well, let's ask everything. And over and over again, it's like, we got to keep it simple and clean so that organizations fill it out in 10 minutes, 15 minutes at most, um, be done with that. So That's a great point because once we sort of made that decision, all right, we're not we're not trying to make a case management tool. We're trying to make a big data tool so we can understand the scope of what we're doing in a big picture way. Once we did that, it was really about exactly what you just said of, all right, can we keep it under 15 minutes and just the most essential data that we can, right? Everybody's time is valuable. This is one important thing amongst many important things. So um, we worked pretty hard at that. I'm 
I'm proud of the work that, that our task force did on it. Yourself and Sue Barrett from the Chicago area and Amber. Oh, help me with Amber's last name. Hornsby. Yes, thanks. Thank you. Amber's going uh, to get me for that one. So they really did a lot of work on saying, you know, we can combine these questions. Uh, we really don't. We don't need to know that yet. Let's focus on the really important stuff right now. That's really what we tried to do. And I think that being the guy who's filling out the, the forms for us, the first form, there were a couple of questions that I had to go and like really do some digging to answer. But now that I've done it once each month, when we uh, send in the last month's data, it's going to get easier and easier every month to do it. Now I, I know where that data is for Gabriel Network, so each month I, it'll be easier to go back and fill that stuff in. So it should be as painless as possible to get some pretty good advantages. I think, too, the point could be made that if, if a program hasn't been doing any type of evaluation or data collection, that looking at the survey could be, you know, the wisdom of many minds have gone into creating the survey, so it could be a great starting place. If the program needs to think about what to collect and how to, you know, that looking at them would allow you to put some basic things in place about here's what we've decided is most important about the things to keep track of. Yeah, as well. I mean that that's definitely true for us. You know, we have two questions on there that are trying to get to how maternity homes make a difference in infant health. I think many of us have an instinct that our homes are safer, better, more welcoming environments than you know where these women would be would be giving birth otherwise, right? Does that translate to better infant health outcomes? That's a data question. That should be measurable to a large extent. And you can sort of do it anecdotally, but to have the opportunity to do it by actually measuring and then comparing to similar um, populations of people, you should be able to make a pretty persuasive case that, you know, a woman who comes in to give birth in a maternity home is really doing her child uh, a great service. Those are not questions that we asked at Gabriel Network before, so we're going to start tracking, you know, the APGAR score and the birth weight, which we just sort of celebrated before. You know, oh, it's 6'8", that's a great weight, or 7'10", fantastic, you know, kind of fun things around the birth, but we weren't tracking it. So we're going to have to start tracking that information now ourselves. should be a, a way for everybody to improve some area of their work. A few months ago, a bunch of us were all together, a bunch of housing leaders, and we were talking about all sorts of different things related to the housing movement. We talked about kind of how everyone has this individual lived experience within their homes. Um, we spent a lot of time figuring and discussing what that meant and program development, all that type of thing. And then we started talking about this collective dimension of the role of data and understanding collectively. Uh, used a great phrase. I think you talked about individual experiences with collective impact or something. Yeah, it was really succinct and well said. But I think that in so many ways speaks to this project, right? So we're all having all the different programs are out there doing their thing and doing a great job at it. And, and now we're trying to get better at that collective dimension. I don't know if you have more to say about that, but that in some ways the most exciting thing about this project, right, is how to amplify our individual experiences by being able to speak about them collectively. I think uh, you said it very well. I will take credit for that phrase. <laughs> Uh, I have no memory of saying it, but that's, I'm sure it sounds exactly like a thing I would say. So it's great. Yeah, I mean, who, which one of us um, isn't really proud of our homes? You know, at just a, as a baseline level, like we know the things we want to get better at. We know the things that are struggles, but they are great homes. These are great services that we're providing. These are fundamental, life-changing places for women to encounter the Lord, to encounter love, to encounter healing and 
safety and so many things, right? And that pride is and should be very personal and, and local to your home, but it can also be part of a national conversation. Right? Still, so many people, and having been in now in the work for five years, it's harder for me to remember this, but so many people have never heard of maternity housing. They really have no idea what that is. Like you say maternity housing to them and you'd say, okay, like that sounds good. Who's against, you know, maternity housing, but they, you ask them to explain what they think it means and it could be, you know, 19 different sort of flavors of something and those could all be wrong. So having a way to uh, represent in a meaningful you know, accurate, data-driven way, the collective impact of all of these great stories, I think would be really powerful for us to make people more aware that this is a need, this is important. And I think recent events have maybe put even more emphasis on that. If you look at how folks are reacting to the new probability that we may be in a post-Roe versus Wade world in a couple of years, God willing, right? New York and Virginia, those proposed laws, those are one set of reactions but are being driven by this new reality on the Supreme Court that there's a real chance now that laws are going to change and maternity homes are going to have to start getting ready for that. That's going to not just be a local thing that should be, um, to some extent, a national response. And we're going to be in a much stronger position to respond if we know, wow, we're already providing in 400 sites, we're providing 4,000 beds or whatever the number is, right? We don't know what the number is. So if, if we're trying to respond to a new reality, we need to know what we're working with to do that effectively. And I'm excited about it. There's so much good that can come from just knowing the facts really well. And these are facts that we have that we just have to share with each other. So if people need a pep talk or if they need to ask the questions or if they think about getting involved but they're not, they'd like to a little bit more clarification, um, can they contact you? I am oh, sure. I love giving pep talks. <laughs> Call me anytime. Should we share what's the should we share like contact information now? Is that good? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah. So anybody who's who's interested who wants to get involved, you should contact Mary Peterson. Here's her cell <laughs> number. You you can call me, uh, Stephen Wallace. Here's uh, my email is Stephen Wallace at GabrielNetwork.org. Stephen is with a PH. You can look me up at, at our website, gabrielnetwork.org. You can also call me, 410-399-2440. be happy to uh, talk you through any, any questions about it, whether it's specific questions with, with one of the forms or just big picture-wise, you know, what are you going to do with the data? We're going to share the data with everybody who participates in all of our affiliates. We'll also be sharing summaries of the data with the public. So certainly being involved will give you more access to the full data set. And, you know, the more involved you are, the more you can shape future versions of the survey. Right now we have questions about mental health diagnosis and personal experiences of trauma because that's two things that, that we've been talking about a lot recently. And if we can understand how much of that's going on, then we can you know, design more trainings about it, have more podcasts, talk more with homes so that they're better prepared to handle those things. Future versions of the manual, you know, can have have that stuff in there. So call anytime. Let's chat. Let's get it going. Come on, get involved. Get on the train. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I also wanted to mention that the links and the surveys, if people want to check them out or get involved or sign up, um, the link is available on our Facebook group. It's, it's uh, posted it, uh, permanently as an announcement. I'm on our Facebook group, and it's also on our website at natlhousingcoalition.org, natlhousingcoalition.org. 
Um, if you want to see the surveys or, or see what we're doing or get involved and get signed up, those are the best places to catch those links. Yeah. And, do you have uh, anything else that I missed? Come on. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? <laughs> 15, minutes, 15 minutes a month. Come on. That's, that's just like going to get a coffee or something. So everybody can do this. We got to get people on board, Mary. Get them on board. Here we go. Dun, da, da, da. That's my message. Let's do it. All right. Oh, all right. Well, you've given lots of reasons why they should do that. There's, there's definitely, it's an easy sell, I think. And everyone can kind of understand why we, why we have to have a better sense of those questions. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for leading and spearheading this project. Thank you for putting kind of a really clear thinking around this project so that we can get as much out of it with as much simplicity as possible. So grateful for all those aspects and just grateful that you you joined me to talk about it today. Happy to be here, Mary. Thanks uh, for all your leadership as well. Thank you so much. So with that, we will sign off and we'll catch you on our next podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pregnancy Help Podcast. To subscribe to future episodes, access resources related to today's session, or listen to previous episodes, visit www.heartbeatinternational.org slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. 